Hi, I'm Jason Kenzie. I'm a Zimbabwean studying in London, learning how to be creative. Each time on the show, I'll do an audio analysis of my visual work by taking it to someone from creative professionals to unimaginative friends. Some will be totally overqualified and others will be completely inexperienced, but they'll all have ideas and opinions and advice. Who should I listen to? Today, I'm joined by a very special guest who has had lots of industry experience. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Andrea Maloney. I'm a branding designer, uh, sort of um, specialising in packaging, and I have been working in the industry for the past 30 years. Wow. So why did you choose to go into the branding industry? I think it was all kind of predestined actually because mm-hmm. as a child I collected graphic ephemera okay. so I was a little bit nerdy <laughs> like <what sort> of <laughs> so confectionery wrappers oh, and wow. just it was all packaging uh-huh. I would cut out uh-huh. and sort of keep in a scrapbook oh, and sheesh. just pile it pile up so I was the latter day sort of OP you uh-huh. know the way he collects things <laughs> uh-huh. and so that was already in me mm-hmm. and I, I was always creating things mm-hmm. um, and then when I went to foundation I naturally okay. gravitated to graphics yeah and then when I started my degree mm-hmm. I naturally gravitated to the branding and packaging briefs okay so yeah. must be really interesting to go back and look at your old sort of scrapbooks do you ever do that and um, see what the packages and the things that you liked at the time uh, to be honest my I probably only got a few of my very old foundation uh-huh. scrapbooks which are probably deep in the loft so <laughs> oh, I probably look more at mom, my more recent uh-huh. scrapbooks yeah but yeah it, it, it is interesting mm-hmm. to see what you did mm-hmm. yeah so what are the best projects that you've that you've worked on well, I've been so lucky um, as an independent designer to have been uh-huh. given some lovely projects. Yeah. And I think um, one standout one for me, I would say, is Tilda Rice. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's just been rebranded. But prior to that, mm-hmm. that I worked on that. Mm-hmm. And it was just a fantastic project because uh-huh. they we, we changed category norms. Mm-hmm. And that was really important. There was yeah. a step change within that so category. So what do you mean by that? Okay, so at the time, most rice packaging always showed a serving suggestion of the rice, a plate with the Uh rice, maybe with an accompaniment or garnish. Uh And for the design that I did, Mm -hmm. the company that I worked for were very much known for not doing what everybody else does so okay. we chucked that must have been a fun yeah exactly with. yeah wow. so, uh-huh. and the client was obviously up for it so yeah we decided we're not having a plate we're mm-hmm. not showing rice mm-hmm. everybody knows what rice looks like mm-hmm. but oh, we true. will tell the story of the brand uh-huh. and get brand engagement yeah and it was really successful and I think that design ran for about eight years which wow. is a long time within uh-huh. packaging. So how did you get that sort of brand storytelling through through on the packaging? So this will probably lead into some of our other discussions mm-hmm. that we're going to come to but yeah. basically it's it's like anything for me when you approach a project mm-hmm. I always ask questions before you even start making a mark okay you, I mean you know we're always buzzing as creators yeah. with ideas yeah, but definitely. you know until you know about the brand that mm-hmm. you're working with mm-hmm. how can you even make a mark yeah. so it was through 
learning about the company, learning about what they wanted to say, mm -hmm. what their sort of USP was as a brand. Mm -hmm. And that starts to feed into ideas mm -hmm. that are grounded in meaning rather yeah. than just random uh -huh. sort of note making. Yeah. So do you think that's important to have a meaning behind each of the designs? Absolutely. I think mm -hmm. that the most successful brands are grounded within a meaning or a history. Yeah. Or, and also it's about engaging with the consumer. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we did with this through telling the story mm -hmm. of that brand. Yeah. Visually on okay. pack, uh -huh. we were immediately engaging with our consumers in a different way. Mm -hmm. So we weren't telling a product story. Yeah. We were telling a brand story. Okay. That's really interesting. I'm going to like jump forward to one of the other questions, which was about um, Burberry. Yeah. And they've just recently done a rebrand. So changing from a beautiful old um, serif font to a new sans serif, more modern font. Yeah. So personally, I think that loses the historical um, sort of impact of the brand and how it has been going for so many, so many different ages and mm. through all the different trends. What's your opinion on that? What do you think of that brand and that rebrand? Yeah, I mean, Burberry has a very long established history. They were quite a premium brand mm -hmm. and it's interesting that you talk about the font because yeah. for me it was more about the pattern the check oh, yeah. actually uh -huh. um and so that i mean they started in the 18 something or the other and mm -hmm. it, they started off making um outerwear for the first world war soldiers yeah. oh, wow. and so i think that's where that lining that mm. they lined their macintoshes with mm -hmm. became their kind of brand yes mark if you like their brand uniform yeah um so that's what I always knew them for as a brand it doesn't appeal to me okay. because it's quite a kind of premium blingy type brand and yeah. I, I'm not into brands mm -hmm. like that shouty brands yeah but also throughout its history it was kind of hijacked a little bit okay. and became very ubiquitous it was Sheesh. copied yeah uh, Football, so copied by other companies copied by fakers oh wow so there were lots okay, of yeah, fake burberry around uh -huh. um also th there was a lot of um mm -hmm. bad publicity in that football hooligans were wearing burberry okay. because it almost became picked uh -huh. up by the everyday guy in the street yeah. do you know what i mean it was yeah. no longer the sort of prestige exactly as it, that it wants to be known for yeah mm -hmm. so i think that because of that that's mm -hmm. probably they were being pushed to rebrand okay i'm not a massive fan of uh -huh. that new because they've taken a b yes. and they've made that into a bespoke pattern yeah i find it a little bit crude okay personally. what do you mean by that it just doesn't have the subtlety of the, the burberry check yeah and also as you say the check for me was grounded mm. in a historical mm. story mm. and meaning it had heritage it had yeah. tradition uh -huh. so do you, yeah. do you agree do you think that they needed a rebrand or would you have been happy to go on with their current logo i mean as somebody who's not doesn't buy into the brand you know mm -hmm. it's it, it doesn't make that much difference to me as a creative yeah i think and thinking of the position and the mm -hmm. whole fact that they are seen as a forward as the company wanted to be a forward-looking brand yeah you know, it was probably maybe made sense in some ways. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know. Was there something else behind the scenes that drove that rebrand? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Possibly. Um, so sort of talking about rebrands and doing them or not. Um, when do you think a company should do a rebrand? When do you think that's appropriate? Yeah, that, that was a really interesting question as well, because... Um, 
there are usually two reasons why mm-hmm. a company will rebrand and it's either something that's reactionary mm-hmm. or it will be proactive okay. uh, a proactive reason so a reactionary reason might be because you know sales are dropping yeah. and they're thinking oh my goodness what can we do mm-hmm. they might have got negative um feedback about something yeah. and they want to suddenly disassociate themselves mm-hmm. with where they are mm-hmm. um so under sort of monetary and economic pressures yeah but the sort of proactive reasons i think will be that maybe they think okay we want to expand our brand we want mm-hmm. to talk to different people yeah. expand the range mm-hmm. um and so I think although they're the two reasons, the latter, if mm-hmm. you can be more proactive, proactive. about your brand, mm-hmm. that's obviously a better place to be thinking about yeah. changing your brand. But it's a tricky, it's a very mm. tricky thing to do. Uh-huh. And I think in my experience working with big brands, yeah. they you don't often get a massive rebrand. You'll get that with the new companies, obviously. Okay. Mm-hmm. But with an established company, they yeah. are so scared for obvious uh, reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you can do a tweak. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> can you give us an example of a project like you've worked on? Like oh goodness me! I, I, the, I mean, for example, the Tilda project that yeah. I worked on. Uh-huh. Um, we the, the the change with that was building the engagement with the consumer. Okay. The the actual brand mark uh-huh. didn't change that much. We okay. just literally tweaked it and what I mean by that is that we might have just changed the you know the characters ever so slightly <laughs> to make yeah. to make the brand more ownable mm-hmm. to the company yeah and make that font look less like a typeface or whatever it was yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I mean you mentioned one of the reasons for doing a rebrand was reactive mm-hmm. um and so I think I've seen a few examples of brands who have done reactive um sort of rebrands yeah so like i think one example is a couple airlines i think i think malaysia airlines has done it and other ones and they've done it um in order to like escape a damaging situation yes how um ethical do you think it is for brands to rebrand after something like that they're sort of changing their appearance yeah i think you know that that basically consumers aren't stupid Mm -hmm. i think in today's day and age consumers are incredibly savvy yeah they're really on it everybody mm-hmm. seems to know about brands and yes. what brands are doing mm-hmm. so if a company is changing their brand in order to reinvent themselves from negative publicity press. or yeah. press I, I, you know I don't think it, it washes because mm-hmm. we all know who you are yeah even when yeah you much. can't hide uh-huh. and I think consumers actually respect the brands that would put their hands up and say okay we did this wrong Mm. we made a mistake Mm -hmm. but we're going to put it right or this is how we're going to move forward so do you think it's better to not do a rebrand in that situation to stick to what you've got yeah because you know the the sort of reactionary brand changes that I've seen Mm -hmm. don't work and there was one quite a few years ago where I think it was the post office who rebranded as insignia or something like that yeah. you you know don't you'd have, maybe look it up <laughs> yeah uh, there was a the big brand who rebranded and nobody mm. knew who they were yeah and it didn't work and they had to go back okay. to what they were uh-huh. before Originally. yeah mm. so I think it's a really tricky thing yeah. and you have to do so much kind of strategic thinking yeah. and analysis before you do that because mm-hmm. it can actually be disruptive to the business yeah I think you can see, like, uh, doing the research examples of brands that do actually get it right. Like the BP, um, they did a rebrand after there was a big sort of upheaval with their um, sort of environmentally friendliness. Yes. Um, and so they did a rebrand. And I think from that, there seemed to be a lot of 
positive press. So like you're saying, you can get both good and a bad yeah. um, reaction it to that. Depends how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as long as you're trying to be transparent, mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, one of the brands which has uh, sort of been famous for not rebranding is Coca-Cola. Um, they're one of the most recognizable uh, logos on the planet. Do you think that has something to do with them never rebranding? They're sort of fame and they're well-known. Yeah, Coca-Cola is a brilliant brand to ask about because they have been around since 1886. Wow. Um, and the brand mark probably has been tweaked yeah. over time, but okay. not so that the consumer would notice, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's changed. And I think, no, it has nothing to do with the mark not changing. Okay. Interesting. It's to do with their advertising and marketing. Mm-hmm. They are such a big, you know, they've grown. They're yeah. so well known. They are in a position where they can spend you know, millions of pounds on advertising True, and yeah. marketing. And they advertise and market themselves as this sort of family, mm, happy experience that you get. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's, they, this is the sort of crux of branding. They talk about the feelings and the emotions you get when you yes. drink their drink, uh-huh. not the product. Okay. And I think for, it probably links into one of your earlier questions as mm-hmm. well. Branding is all about emotional engagement and telling a brand story, not a product story. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like hundreds of fizzy drinks Mm -hmm. out there. If they talk about, you know, Coca-Cola and the taste and blah, blah, blah. Everybody else. The feeling. Yeah. yeah, It's right there. Everybody Uh can do that. But, you know, it's it's not unique because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Pepsi tastes good to some people. But what they do is they have this happy family um, advert. So Mm -hmm. at the moment, Christmas time, it's that warm glow that you get at Christmas with the holidays. Also, they had that amazing campaign where they ditched their branding and they put names on the cans. Did you see that? I did. That was so good. So clever because everybody's searching for their name. You know, probably people who didn't even drink Coke that much they were looking for. And then they had another standout campaign where they had a sharing can. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was over in this country, but they definitely Mm -hmm. sort of re- um molded the can so that you could actually split it in half and share it with somebody so this is all really clever ways of like engaging emotionally Mm. with their consumers and also they're quite disruptive you know Mm -hmm. de-branding and having names yeah that is completely disruptive as a brand but it draws the right attention yeah so that's a really clever campaign to do because i mean Mm. like you're saying it's ignoring the logo aspect of it but looking at the whole story and the brand world that you're mentioning yeah storytelling within brands is Mm -hmm. something that every brand yeah i think knows Mm. that they have to do and Mm. that is that's what we have to stop telling product stories because it's you know one jam tart is pretty much like another jam yeah. tart uh-huh. but what's your brand story yeah. that's the thing that's going to make us pick up your brand mm. and engage with your with your brand world yeah yeah so uh, what are the most important things to consider when doing a rebrand um to you okay well for me as i said it's about interrogating the brand okay I think you know I meet so many sometimes when I'm working with independent brands they do almost want me to start sketching straight away and they or they want me to quote on doing Mm -hmm. a Mm rebrand and when I say well I can't do that because I don't know anything about your brand and I don't know what you want Mm -hmm. so I can't just chuck arbitrary figures Uh or graphics around Uh it sometimes puzzles them but I think to do a good job, you have to, somebody said to me, interrogate, interrogate mm-hmm. 
the brand, ask the questions, you yeah. know, who are they appealing to? Mm -hmm. You know, what are they all about? What's their ethos? Mm -hmm. Where do they see themselves in the future? Yeah. You know, what are their ambitions as a mm -hmm. brand? I think you need to just ask all those questions and really get under the skin. Before you even brand. start drawing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You okay. have to answer those questions because, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's more than just creating a nice logo. Yeah. Branding today is about creating a brand world. Okay. And you can't do that unless you so ask the questions. By brand world, you mean like sort of an immersive place for them to go into, are you? I, I, I'm talking about when I say brand world, it's about every touch point. Okay. So as as with the project mm -hmm. that we've been doing, it's yeah. about, you know, how they will appear in moving images, how they appear on packaging, yeah, not just, media, yeah, those. social media. Mm -hmm. you An know, entire image, not just yeah, a logo. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And who they, you know, who would be associated with their brands if they're yeah. using celebrities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's That's the whole world. It's creating um, a united brand world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's really interesting. So um, what are the best questions to ask uh, when doing a rebrand? So you said like doing the target market and that sort of. I think, um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's mostly just sort of saying, well, what's your history? You know, yeah. how did you start? You mm -hmm. know, where, what, what's the brand about? What do you believe in? Yeah. Um, you know, what's your ethos? What's your unique selling point? What's yeah. so different about you, about you than to the others? Yeah, yeah. the competitors. Mm. You mentioned just now that you do sketches. Mm. And I saw on your, I think, LinkedIn page that you say you sort of enjoy doing sketching as your first way of producing ideas. Yeah. How does that actually like sort of practically sh like take place? How does that work? For so you? I, I take notes. If I meet a client, I'll always be taking notes I'm mm -hmm. probably I'd say quite a good listener which sometimes unnerves people maybe other creatives yeah. who senior creatives who uh -huh. you know like senior management type creatives <laughs> because they, uh -huh. they they're much more talky okay. than me but uh, in a meeting I would take notes okay. I may well be sketching because yeah. I think you have to play back to the client mm -hmm. what they've given you so I'll be sketching mm -hmm. within that meeting yeah. and then once I've kind of get to that point where I've got the answers to the questions mm -hmm. and I want to start creating I would just start sketching down ideas yeah. and it's quite often that a tiny little sketch that I might do mm -hmm. might feed into the final design yeah. so I'll take that then I'll do the research and mm -hmm. look at inspiration and blah 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 you know yeah. font fonts and colors and I even depending on how far I take that sketch I might scan it in yeah. and use that as a basis to start building yeah the actual visual mm -hmm. yeah. so it's it's really it's just naturally how I yeah. work that's yeah. so interesting that you say sort of you start with a sketch and then you do all that development on the computer and everything like that mm. I get really um I'm really bad at that because I'm, I'm, I'm like occasionally I'll start with a sketch or something on the computer but I'm really bad at developing it and so I'll come up with an idea and I'll stick to that and that's what I'm going with right so how did you learn to sort of push yourself to go further and to develop a brand I think that comes I mean on my degree course, I always had loads and loads of ideas. Yeah. You know, I am somebody who generates lots of ideas. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to realize that some of the first ideas are ideas that you're just getting out of your system yeah. because they might be so obvious okay. and they're not really going to be unique. Yeah. So then you need to, it's hard, but then you need to push on and think, uh -huh. okay, 
given what I know from the client about the brand, mm -hmm. where else can this take me? And just start thinking a little bit laterally, okay. which is really difficult yeah. as well. At what times. do you mean by that? So start thinking out of the box, okay. for example. So, uh -huh. you know, so not going down those obvious avenues yeah. and, you know, having... That's why I write words down because with a list of words come other words, other meanings. Doing mind maps and yeah. exploring that. And mm -hmm. that can just take you down a different avenue, which then becomes a visual hook yeah. for your design. But mm. I think it's something that comes with time. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're... With practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with practice. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. How important do you think it is for brands to be honest? Well... On I, packaging and in design. Yeah, I think, again, because we have access to social media and so many different ways mm -hmm. of finding out about a brand yeah i think it's integral for a brand to be as honest and as transparent as they can be mm -hmm. because that's you know you are engaged with yeah. your consumers and consumers do not want to uh -huh. think that they've been tricked or lied to yeah so i think it's absolutely yeah Really, imperative really yeah and i mean even if you think um so like using a sort of a cringy example of mcdonald's or something like that in their advertising where they'll make it look a lot better and, and then it, what it does in person do you think that that's um maybe taking it too far or do you think that's a normal way of advertising and that's a standard well i know that back in the day you know it's food photography which is what you're referring to yeah. with their meals mm -hmm. you know Things did look juicier, tastier than <laughs> yeah. they were. And then by the time I joined the industry, mm -hmm. I did a lot of food photo shoots oh, for wow, okay. like Sainsbury's and other high street stores are available. Yeah. Um, and we were told, you know, we could not exaggerate the size oh, wow. of things. Uh -huh. So, you know, when we're working with home economists, mm. absolutely, you could not make it look way better yeah. than it actually was you uh -huh. had to be true mm -hmm. so I think yeah but in a case like McDonald's they should be trying to portray the real mm. thing because all it leads to is disappointment as well yeah and that reflects negatively on the brand yeah absolutely mm -hmm. it damages the brand so mm -hmm. and you know that's a good example because they've recently tapped into adverts where they're trying to be much more transparent about mm. what goes into their burgers yeah. and you know offering salads and water yeah. because everybody did have this assumption that it wasn't real meat, yes. it was full of nasties. <laughs> uh -huh. So they're, they're aware that they need to mm. up their game. Yeah, and they're yeah. using sort of packaging and advertising to do that. Absolutely. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. So another sort of massive problem right now is pollutions in our oceans. How seriously, in your experience, are companies taking this? I think, again, you know, I think... A lot of companies are taking this really seriously mm -hmm. because, yeah, we we now know the damage that plastics are doing. Yeah. Not only to the environment, but also to us ourselves. Uh -huh. um, and I think where possible, mm -hmm. companies and designers are trying to suggest that more ethical piece yeah. of packaging, ethical materials, mm -hmm. you know, and also print processes and so on. Yeah. It's going to be driven by money mm -hmm. how much some brands can put into that you know if it's a small brand there's probably only small steps mm. that they can make towards that bigger brand should be making a bigger uh, leap towards being ethical yeah but I think I think people are definitely mm -hmm. aware that they need to step in that direction yeah so um could you give us a quick explanation of the project that you set us this week 
Right. So this week I set you and your fellow students uh-huh. the project of rebranding the Library of Things. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to do a rebranding piece because obviously that's my background. Yeah. Um, and rather than choose like a big brand like Coke or yeah. which, you know, <laughs> I just thought that's kind of, I don't know, it's, uh-huh. it's almost too difficult just because of the heritage and the history uh-huh. there but the I actually listened to the founder of the library of things talking about setting it up and mm-hmm. because we are living in more conscious times in terms of how mm-hmm. we treat each other how we look at the planet and yeah. so on I thought this was a great brand to work on because yeah. it's all about sharing mm-hmm. and being mindful of people who, yeah. you know, don't have as much as others. Yeah. So that was why I chose that project. Mm-hmm. And I thought because it's a young brand as well, it really gave you guys the opportunity to to really have a blank yeah. canvas almost. Yeah, it's been a really interesting brand to approach and to research and a really interesting market as well. Um, so basically our response as a group was to look at the different things which the library of things um, sort of lends out and borrows out. Um, so they sort of lend out a range of things from hammers to badminton rackets to table tennis sets. Um, and so we looked at um, having a logo which is dynamic and changes. Um, and so each time you see it, you can maybe see a different thing, um, a different sort of product which they can give to you and lend out to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So we would still have a, a similar framework using the sort of acronym um, of Library of Things down to Lot. Yes. And so we fit in, um, in a sort of an abstract way, the object into the O of the Lot. Yes. And so you still have a similar brand identity, um, but it changes each time yeah. in a sort of in a similar way. And I have some examples sort of of our work here, which you can check out in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and so what do you think of our response? Um, what do you think is good? What do you think could be improved? Well... During the week when uh, you your group came up with the lot, I was quite impressed with that because you were the first group that did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really clever because you were still supporting it with the full title yeah. of the brand. But also what you did with the logo um, visually kind of created a bookends yeah with the way you treated the l and the t Mm -hmm. and then the lockup of this visual in the middle which again i thought was really clever because it was appropriate for the brand the Mm -hmm. library of things that you were already either consciously or subconsciously (laughs) building meaning yeah into that brand mark which i thought was really good Mm -hmm. um and it seemed to come very naturally to you to do that um so yeah i think the changing image in the middle absolutely describes what the company does and also it adds pace to that brand mark you know because I could really see that brand mark in a gif or in advertising or Mm -hmm. a series of posters Mm -hmm. where it changes and I think that's the fact that you had a changing element Mm -hmm. within the constants yeah was very clever Uh thank you do you think that that's going to become something which is bigger nowadays with sort of more modern technologies like you're saying with gifs and with the need for social media to really catch our eyes with moving images do you think that um, sort of changing logos and logos that adapt in small ways will become a thing of the future? Yeah, I think brands are already doing a little bit of that, mm-hmm. probably a lot actually, Yeah. Um, because of, you know, as you say, social media gifts yeah. and little movies and just because they have to work harder to keep attention, yes. consumer attention mm-hmm. and consumer interest. Yeah. And also, as I said, all these little things 
are building that conversation yes. and that it's building emotional engagement mm -hmm. with the consumer, which yeah. is really important. So yes, definitely. Oh, thank you. What do you think could be improved on our designs? Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think, I think it, it was a very quick turnaround mm -hmm. of the project. So I sort of, If you were going to develop it, I would probably look at the imagery in the okay. middle, probably making that a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, um, defining the color palette, which at the minute, there's lots of colors there. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure which is the brand color okay. and which isn't. But I, I think mean, that's I'm, the same as us. We don't know. It's yeah, before and exactly. Gone, I mean, I feel a little bit harsh <laughs> criticizing no, 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 it no, because that's exactly the whole point of this is to get feedback <laughs> yeah, on work. So it's yeah. really useful. Yeah. I think with time, though, you would make the natural developments in mm. terms of your color palette okay. and strengthening those images and testing out uh -huh. how strong they are. Yeah, mm. that's great. Thank you very much. Um, and just a final question. What, um, what's the best advice that you could give students as we start in the creative industry? Yeah, that, that's always <laughs> a question that I'm asked. And uh -huh. okay, so I've got three things that I think are essential. Yeah. So the first thing is passion. Okay. I think, you know, working as a design director mm -hmm. and working with young creatives, the thing that I'm always impressed by is a designer, a creative who's passionate, yeah. somebody who really enjoys what they're doing yeah. and who is just, you know, really enthused mm -hmm. by their work. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the, that's the first thing, being passionate. Yeah. The second thing, yeah, being authentic. Uh -huh. So what I mean by that is um, believing in your work, mm -hmm. believing in in what you believe in yeah. as a creative mm -hmm. and sticking to your kind of creative ethics, if you like, yeah. and, and following the passion that you have with design. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's never a right answer. There's always lots of different answers to yeah. creative problems. And I just think authenticity in what you do is mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is Be nice to people because okay. <laughs> this industry uh -huh. is actually very small. Yeah. And and this is a piece of advice that I was given when I was when I first started. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody else. Oh, so sheesh. it's important <laughs> to be nice to uh -huh. people. It leaves a good reputation. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah. And and if you can do those three things, I think you're on the road to success. That is great. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to remember those and all of that and take that forward. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. It's been a really, really great privilege. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed learning from you. It's been a massive honor. No, thank you, James. Thank you. So um, I'll see you next time on the show. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye.